bientôt. one time in high school now this is just so mundane but um i was at what's that what's that camp camp called in virginia you know you can go in there too um yeah you're not a big camp guy (laughs) it's a camp place and for some reason the name is eluding me but that that's not even the important part but they have this little activity where you like just jump a couple feet down like free fall but you're like strapped to a harness thing okay and i just could not do it i just could not do it it must it was a challenge for me i was just afraid like i was like looking over the edge and literally i could see i mean the ground was so close that i could see the bugs crawling on the ground like i don't know why i was so scared (laughs) yeah but i I don't know there's there have been other things It, it there have been tasks that seem daunting and then I do it and I'm just like, oh, like, for example, when I wanted to start kind of learning how to code a little bit, I was just so afraid of not understanding it at all. And yeah. like, just feeling like what I'm, I'm just going to be guessing everything that I do and, and it's going to work out somehow, but I actually don't think I could ever understand this. And that was kind of a fear of mine. And then I started to learn the basics and I was literally like, at least the basics. I was like, that's not that hard. I was like really amping it up for no reason. <laughs> Word, I got you. Um, yeah. I would say something to that extent. Uh, when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, little kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I was a little kid, my neighborhood, my block, how we call it back home in Lawrence, Massachusetts, we used to, like, we were in the air when You Got Served came out and mm-hmm. all that. So we would, like, battle and dance and all that. And, like, I was I was never, like, a shy kid, never, never at all. Like, I had a personality and all. But, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, you know I was never, like, I was always. So we were like, opposites. Oh, you were shy? <laughs> yes. Just, okay. I was okay. shy. I was quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I was loud. I was annoying. I was Listen, I, was, I had a lot of Obnoxious. Yeah, but there was little things that I was like too cool for school. Like I was trying to be too cool for school. Okay. But um, I would say there was a little a little jam. Like a, we used to call them jams. And, and like it's like a dance party. We go to a basement. We're all like literally had no business dancing. We're like 10, 11, 12, 13 grinding on each other. Oh. That's what it was. That's what it was. So it was like, I saw all the older kids, like, you know, dancing with girls and stuff. And, uh, like, there was an older girl. She was 13. I was probably, like, 10 or 11. And um, I don't know. She wanted to dance with me. And I was always, like, 
I wanted to be cool, but I was honestly like shy with that. Uh, yeah, you know, she's pretty. I don't. I want to embarrass myself. She's pretty, and she's an older woman. She's an older woman, you know. <laughs> and um, I put myself out there, and I got in the middle of the circle, grabbed her, started dancing. That that's like a thing that I overcame that, and once I overcame that, like it, it really did give me a, like a certain type of confidence in myself that like. Yo, like it's just doing it. You right. Know what I mean? Like it's right. just like, all right, let me just do this. Like I'm like, okay, what people think, like and it and it uh turned out great. So Yeah. That's a little it's random, but that's that's hey, you better use that ten year old Riz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had something, you know. You had some, I had nothing. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about you, like when you were young, like what was your vibe? So you were shy, quiet. Yeah, I was everybody described me as really laid back, like perpetually laid back. Like when I was really young, my mom thought she should probably take me to get checked out. She okay. was like, You're too quiet. Yeah, I was like she was like, You're too chill. I don't know if that's actually normal. <laughs> yeah. Something might be wrong here. Right? Yeah, I just be like sitting up there looking at the sky. She's like, Jessica, you okay? Okay. I'm just like. And what would yeah. you say that you like started coming out of that show a little bit? Um, honestly, probably after eighth grade, maybe. Eighth grade. Yeah, probably after age thirteen. Okay. Because that's when I started high school. That's when I started public school, like transitioning from homeschool to public school. Okay. And then it was just like, it was like a big, big shift because. I went to an arts high school. Both of the high schools I went to were um, arts high schools. And everybody was, most people were, like, out of their shells. Yeah. I remember, like, my first day of school in the eighth grade, this girl. You know how everybody liked to dress up for the yeah, first day of school? Of like, course. Yeah, we were going to dress down. Outfits on the bed. Right, right. Oh, you ready to go, yeah. But that art school, I was like, this is an art school. Like, this is something that you see on TV. <laughs> I saw this one girl who literally had on what looked like a prom dress as her, like, first day of school outfit wow, like and gown. That, yeah she had on a gown wow <laughs> beautiful gown <laughs> she was decked out in like she looked like she was about to go to the to homecoming like i was sitting here like it's the first day of school <laughs> but there were just people who were just like so confident in my eyes that i think slowly I st that started to rub off on me. Gotcha, just be in proximity with that yeah. type of energy. Now I wasn't wearing prom dresses to school or anything <laughs> like I'm that, bad. but the <laughs> but <I'm> the, <laughs> the energy did did affect me and I was just like, oh then I started to um I was all, always like kind of funny okay. when people did break me out of my shell, like as a kid. Like I was kind of a funny kid. But that's mostly like what just really flushed out of me like really just like overflowed out of me when I got comfortable mm. at school I was just like little class clown especially in dance class okay. like in 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 my academic classes I was kind of like trying to catch up sometimes like ooh, didn't learn this at home like sometimes here and there but I got good grades because I was a perfectionist and, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to get it right. If anything, I'm going to get it right. That's it. In dance class, though, I was the jokester. I was in the back of the room, like, jumping and doing what I call the fish out of water, okay. which is jumping up in the air and then doing like that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just making people laugh. in the class is what you were doing. Mm. I was doing it in moments where, you know, those little tiny moments in the interim where nothing's happening. You go grab the packets over here. Right, right. And then, <laughs> like, up in the air, like, I don't know where, but. 
But yeah, and that also really um, drew me into a specific community back then. Like the the grade above me, the girls in my dance class who are grade above me really like thought I was just so funny and silly. And like I started hanging out with them and we formed our own crew. Like I was just like, I feel like I felt so happy about finally just like feeling like I found my place in somewhere with some people and that you could identify with these are like your folks mm -hmm. that's fire yeah that's fire. and they were like it wasn't fake like I was I'm like I'm glad I had that experience because because yeah and then and then I ran for class president for like oh. when I was in ninth grade going to the 10th grade and I lost I found out that I lost like they announced it over the intercom and they were just like you know, the the class president is such and such. And everybody just, like, looked back at me, like, yeah, because it wasn't me. And everybody's just like. Kids are the worst. That I was like. Just, and also, <laughs> very sensitive kids. So, uh, me trying not to cry, like. Uh, it's just water. And you just there. Right, right, right. Like, trying to yeah, tense up my nostrils. nostrils like, right, 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 right. Uh, nostrils flaring yeah. and burning. <laughs> burning. Like. The boogers just coming out. But when I found that out, I was like. I was thinking, literally in my head, I was thinking I literally can't show my face again. Mm. Then a couple weeks later, my parents told me we were moving to D.C. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually so upset because I said that in my head. But what I was thinking was, damn, everybody's going to think I skipped town because I was so embarrassed that I didn't. It yeah, it flipped on me at that time. I was just like, that's what I was thinking. I literally went, even though I wasn't going there anymore, I literally went back to school the first week of school because we hadn't moved to D.C. yet. Mm -hmm. I literally went there to go to lunch and sit in lunch. And my assistant principal saw me. He was like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? I said, we move next week. <laughs> still here <laughs> i was like neurotic like maybe it's not real if i don't <laughs> if i just show forever. up right right i was like you never know but anyway wow yeah crazy. it's interesting how things change and yeah. like we we are so influenced by by little experiences like that it's like little little events that just trick them into like who you are. You yeah, I'm just like, it's like a direct impact. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I can directly attribute this part about me to these lists, hosts mm -hmm. of different experiences, and that's how it feels. Wow. Yeah, that's so, cool. and a lot of that is going to be fear-related <laughs> fear related experience, so I'm ready to talk about it, that's if you are. I'm ready. All right, let's go. Hello, and welcome to 23 25 a podcast about not only being slapped in the face by 2023, but also by the wildly complicated transition for me that is turning 25. I'm your host, Jaska, and I've invited my friends to the, ta to the table to talk about all things life as baby adults. I'm over here like, and I don't know that. <laughs> Talk about talking about life as baby adults, okay? And today I'm joined by my friend Jason, another actor friend. Oh, I love talking to fellow <laughs> actors. Um, we met in the Hillman Grab Mentorship Lab, still going strong with that community, and I just love it. And I'm I'm glad we get to talk about this a little bit more because I've been I've been wanting to talk about the experience of Hillman Grad too, and in the context of like what fear was doing for me and my life at the time when Hillman grad entered my atmosphere. Yeah. We can talk about that later, but, yeah, <laughs> but sure. I, get into that. I love how we met and we even, we haven't even known each other for that long, but it's been like such a good, 
vibe. It's, it's such a. It's like a family connection. Like, yeah. Like I, I felt like. I don't know, I felt like a little sibling vibe when I when I met you. I'm like, yo, this is family right here and um the comfortability is there. Um <clears throat> the energy, the the good spirit, like thank thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And like I'm, yes, I'm very excited to dive into to the topics we're gonna get into and Yes. And I'm glad to be here. All and right. your questions, I said these que- Jason's questions were just an excuse to give compliments. <laughs> oh, You're no. like as a very talented <laughs> mo- I was just like <laughs> No, it was really sweet. I was just like, of course, Jason is gonna like, gonna just like flood the question with compliments. <laughs> that's that's how I am. You know, I, I like to show love to my people, and especially when it's when it's there, it's there. It's like I don't I don't gotta try. It's yeah, just, that's how it flows. You know? Yeah, true, truly. Yeah. We're gonna get started with an activity. Let's do it. It's gonna be our MySpace top five activity. Okay. You're going to just list a couple of things, uh, five things, in, uh, a couple of things, literally five <laughs> things. <laughs> You're going to list five things that have influenced your growth, whether it's like a TV show, fictional character, book, uh, celebrity, real person, whatever you want to bring to the table. Okay. And just kind of talk about it and tell us why you chose it. Cool, cool. Um, I'm, I'm a very, uh, you know me, I'm a, I'm a deep dude, so mm-hmm. I, I, I chose real folks and then some things as well okay um so i'll go from my, my number one and, and this is just no specific order like it's just naming them off but mm-hmm. i'll start off with uh, my parents mm-hmm. i would say that's a, a big influence in in my growth as a as a human being as a as a man as an artist as uh yeah as a as a family member everything uh, my parents came from dominican republic in the um, <clears throat> early 90s, and they, they came here and, and started fresh uh, as immigrants, and really they they work nonstop. Their work ethic is crazy. The way that they um, lead by example, mm-hmm. the, the morals they gave me and my siblings, the just just the way to move in the world. They just, they, they really got us on point with our emotions, our, like our, our people skills. A lot of like, Things that you don't learn in school and, and different things where they, they raise us an old school way. So I, I would say my parents, like, they, they tell me how to be, you know. So mm-hmm. that would be number one. <clears throat> number two, I would say growing up especially, like, as a young kid, I, as I mentioned earlier, I had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. I, I was very... Uh, I was very aggressive. I was, I was a lot. I was a lot. <laughs> bouncing off the wall. Yeah, I was bouncing off the wall. And I was... I was that was too much, but um, I, so <laughs> sports, sports, team sports. It, it mm-hmm. I would say like oh, what sports? Football, to to be specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of boxing as well for a couple of years. Oh. Uh, baseball most of my life. Some skating as well, but I would say specifically football, just because it taught me about discipline, um, which translates into everything we do and I do and every you know everything. Um. Tell me how to work hard, how to keep myself accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you mess up a play or something, like, it's on you. Every person has to do your specific job. Mm-hmm. And if you do that in, in a cohesive way, you know, you make things work. And uh, tell me how to, like, really work with a lot of different types of people that come from different backgrounds. Maybe, I mean, I, like, uh, maybe outside of the sport, I wouldn't hang with these some certain people. But it made me come together and, and learn how to move with, with that type of energy in a team spirit um so I, I i really do owe a lot to that sport and um mm-hmm. number three i always say my siblings 
my siblings, um, my older sister, my older brother, and my younger sister. Um, specifically, like my older brother, he's like he's like my best friend. So seeing him, he he's a he, he's a very responsible young kid and like young man. I'm man now, <laughs> young grown kid, man, young grown grown man. But uh, he's he's always been like like almost like a father figure in a way where he he is very emotionally intelligent. Um, Mm. makes great decisions is very sure about himself and like very logistical analytical he's very smart guy very smart and yeah. uh, i'm not that type of person i'm very much going with the flow <laughs> that's not what i was like, expecting my energy. no 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 but i learned a lot of that stuff from my brother mm-hmm. and, and I, you know i give a lot to him and then my little sister me um having a little sister like she she's amazing she has taught me um a lot of stuff, compassion, empathy, uh, how to be a better man, how to lead by example, because uh, it makes me go hard knowing that I have a little sister following my steps. Um, so I try, I try and live every day to the fullest and try, you know, leave, leave a, a path for her to at least have like a, a steady way to like, okay, I can do whatever I want to do if mm-hmm. I work hard and I put myself out there. Um, and yeah. yeah, and then um, of course, the arts the arts um really acting gave me when i discovered acting uh i've always been into it since i was a child but really dove into it when i was in college um really changed my life it opened me up as a man at that time in my early 20s when i really needed it i was still immature and trying to find my way and you know learn who i am as a person and give me a way to express myself and how to be in tune with my emotions and how to articulate myself and how to uh you know just just come back to my my childlike self and really just like fall back in love with like just a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. art is is everything and and it's like my north star now to be honest is is, i'm an artist you know you're an artist is is what we do Um, it's a lifestyle and yeah and then my fifth How do I have to say my now fiance, my my relationship? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been like genuinely like I grew up in, in this relationship. It was the first time I showed up for myself fully and for her fully, and really like um, you know just made me always want to do the best I can and, and mm-hmm. just just you know be a family man soon and, and do all that stuff. Soon. But yeah, no, no, it, it's that relationship. It, I'm gonna be it on. No, but um, yeah, just, just my girls taught me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. just like a lot of different ways how to move in the world. Just the relationship is beautiful. It's like I, I, I can't. I found my other half, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's my top five. I talk a lot, but that was it. No, I loved your top five. Okay. And I love how you like gave such a nice, beautiful explanation, just like a view, an overview of how it just affects you and like how you experience it. Because I feel like some like a lot of people with everything you listed, I feel like a lot of people can have such different experiences yeah. with those things like siblings that's yeah hmm. when you said siblings yeah. i was just like i love first of all i love my siblings yeah i think i think actually when we first met like 
in person, like for the Hillman grad, like orientation weekend, we were outside doing the, yeah. you know, catching up, getting to catching know yeah. who um, our peers were going to be. Yeah. But me and you were outside talking and I was just kind of talking about what I was like, how timely that us being a Hillman grad, like us getting this opportunity was. And I was mentioning like, this is kind of like the first time in my life where I felt like a different like circumstances or like a different experience with like the relationship between me and my siblings mm. and that was just like so like I'm like it was mind-boggling to me at the time like I was still getting used to it and um not to say that I'm not like close with them or like it's it's terrible or anything like that but I'm just like oh I'm realizing now that this can happen like this type of thing can happen like you have to rework relationships or you have to like see where you fit in people's lives sometimes, even if it's those people who you were so close to, like, growing up. So, so yeah, and I think it's really cool to to be so inspired by a sibling. Yeah. Especially a younger sibling. I feel really inspired by my younger siblings, too. For real, it's like you see, like, dang, I wish I had that aspect. (laughs) That's so cool. Like, what the, where's that from? You know what I mean? Yes. It's cool to see, like, like you know, you come from the same people, but you're so different. Right. You know? so it, yeah, it's it's dope. It's yes, dope. I feel that. I feel like a lot of my siblings are like almost as funny as me too. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> funny, right? Funny. Right, but right, but everybody is really funny. But it's just so cool to me how our humor is different. Okay. Like, but everybody can make each other laugh. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, that's really cool to me. Like, we have our own style with it, but... Okay. How would you, what, what would you say is like the, to, do you know the breakdown of how the... the yeah, I mean, like... The humor difference. Let me see if I can, like, get specific with it. Me, I feel like it's kind of like an improvisational yeah. thing for the most part. Like, in communicating with somebody... I might be pretty witty with it. Like, if somebody says something and it makes me think of something else, like, sometimes my brain makes a connection before I even have a chance to think about it and I'm talking and I'm just saying something and it happens to be funny. And then sometimes, like, it comes out, I realize what I said was funny and I keep going with it. Like, I... You're good. You're good. like I was just saying what came to mind that, that's kind of like my flowing, MO flowing. <laughs> yeah it just kind of comes out for me yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah. but I feel like it, it's with my younger siblings too um, with my little sister I think she has a great cadence for oh. humor like she has a great cadence and she also has like this thing where she can I don't even know really how to describe it, but she really like pulls you into something and and she'll be talking about something. And I don't know if she's like aware that this is like how she's describing something is funny. It's like she'll mostly like describe experiences and the way she's telling it is like in a funny, like funny, compelling way. Yeah. In a compelling way. Like the storytelling is really there. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, (laughs) Well, I'm like the way you just explained that. Like, yeah, only you. Like, where, how did that? Like, exactly. That's cool. Exactly. Then are they in the arts at all? Yeah, my sister was a dancer as well. Like, okay. she was 
My little brother, of course, he's a musician. He's really good. One really good at the trumpet. Media, yeah, is, I'm like, I'm right. always gonna, I'm always gonna support. You gotta rap. I'm you like, he is so, so, so inspiring to me too because the commitment. Yeah. I'm like, dude's always practicing. <laughs> I'm like, he is about it. Yeah, he's gonna be great. He's about sure. it. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. and with him, he has a lot of physical comedy. Like okay. he, he he's like with the body. He right. Was, I'll turn around and he's over there like. <laughs> <laughs> right doing some crazy stuff but he's also funny in uh with language too it, it it's like kind of like the tag along thing when somebody says something and he's just like he, he he piggybacks off of somebody something somebody else said and kind of makes the whole situation funnier okay. for him he enhances right he experience. right an enhancer he's just like a little sugar in the lemon water <laughs> for, <laughs> for he makes it lemon he makes it lemonade <laughs> But yeah, and then my two older brothers, they're both they both just feel like comedians sometimes to me. Like I think my my oldest brother is just like I always tell him like he'll 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 tweet stuff mm. that sound like you know, those funny tweets that can go viral yeah, go all the viral time. And, just, and I'm just like, you should really like do a stand up or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is hilarious. Um But yeah, he's very he's a very intellectual person too, so it just is like funny to me some of the humor that might come out that I might not automatically understand, mm. and then it'll be the thing that you see him laugh at it, and then it is just funny because he's laughing at that. It's like, what are you talking about? Why are you not like? Why is that funny? <laughs> but that makes it funny. Yeah, but but yeah, everybody's everybody's their own type of hilarious, and I love it. I love funny people. Yeah. Okay, so. Let's get out of the funny. No, I'm just kidding. Cause this is still gonna be fun. This is still gonna be funny. But um, I actually, I actually kind of thought of a little bonus question that I want to ask if you don't mind. Um, just so I kind of want to talk about, you know, what kind of brought us together, which was Hillman grad. And I wanna, and I've been really excited to talk about this because the common thread between a lot of us that that we that we were like made privy to when we got together on that first weekend was that this was very this felt very divine for a lot mm-hmm. of people at that moment in our lives and I think for me there was a lot of fear about what I'm gonna do in terms of like how what's my what's my thing to hold on to to get into this career and not just like one thing is gonna like take me off somewhere mm-hmm. but I just wanted something to like grab hold of and like work. Like a palpable thing. Yeah, something yeah. to look forward to or work on or or something that can I can have a community in some way. Yeah. yeah. And so what was funny when I found out that I got into Hillman Grad, I was in disbelief for like twenty four hours. What? <laughs> in terms of like I, I, I always felt like I was gonna get in. Like right when I applied, I said, I'm gonna get this. I was that I was that type of confident yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But I'm on the front I felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on another on another standpoint of it, the reality of it was setting in when I actually did get in and I was just like sitting on the couch like, Oh my god, wait. Just and then the fear of that started to roll in yeah. like Am I gonna like excel at this, or am I gonna be good in this environment? Like, and, like these people are these are some really high caliber, like talented people. And am I ready to? Because I've always felt that I had it. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, you I was just know. like, I had it. You gotta know. And the thing I was when I was talking to my friend about getting in at the time, I was telling him about that, and he was like, "What you're feeling maybe isn't so much." as fear although it could be you could be really nervous you know you don't know what to expect as well but he was like you I think you also feel vindicated like you feel like you the way you see yourself has now been like somebody else said you were right about that you are brilliant you are really talented you are all these things and he was just like there were a bunch of people who told you you weren't that but you knew that you were Mm -hmm. and now somebody is telling you not that you needed that specific type of validation in that way, but the validation that you did get is very, very like, yeah, it's a, and it's it's, it's some high. right, and it's yeah. high validation. Yeah. It's some it's it's validation that you know it's like an honor. It, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I feel vindicated because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm him. <laughs> that was yeah. kind of like my <laughs> right. So I was wondering about. I was really curious about like maybe if you could talk a little bit about what was going on for you around that time before you got in and how getting into Hillman grad kind of shifted your perspective of like where you were going or your feelings and did you experience any fear about thinking about what the experience could be yeah yeah um great question that was very like cool to to hear that from you and, and just you know, I know, I know to an extent where you were at mentally and stuff, because obviously we talk, we're friends. But um, mm-hmm. no, that's that's dope to hear the progression. Um, yeah, no, no, it's kind of similar. Um, I was in a period at that point, like I had um, I just filmed some stuff prior to that. Like uh, I was I was pretty like I had a good year in twenty twenty two. I filmed a couple projects, and then like the last one I filmed was in September. So after September, it was kind of a dry spell. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, okay, like, what's next? What's next? I'm just working, grinding, and, like, in that mindset of, like, okay, what's that next thing I'm going to grasp to or, or put myself into or, or what is that thing, like, I'm, I'm looking for? And um, mm-hmm. I would say I was, I, I was in, in, in a place of kind of trying to follow my instinct. I was, I was trying to take different workshops and, and do some showcases and, and, and things like that, but... I don't know, I wasn't really, I, I was feeling it, but I felt like there was another way, another path for me, so mm-hmm. I was actually lucky, a buddy of mine, my boy Louis uh, Santos, he's a he's a dope director, I mean, you met him before, the one, he mm-hmm. out in LA, yeah, yeah he, he's my homie, I've worked with him before, and uh, he's like, yo, Jason, have you heard of this, and um, he introduced I, you to him again, I had heard of it, but like, you know, I forgot about that, like, yeah, I, I yeah. saw it last year, and I was like, okay, that's fire, but it was too late to apply, Whatever, but he sent it to me. He said, yo, Jason, you should apply to this. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Let's do this. This would be unreal. Let me just shoot my shot. Like, right. I feel like I feel like I got a good shot. Let me let me shoot it. And I kind of like, in a, in a great way, like, it was the first time I was, I was stepping in, in confidence. Like, I was like, okay, let me just shoot it out there. I, I think I might get it. If not, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'll figure mm-hmm. it out. But um, I kind of sent it off and stopped thinking about it. And then, um, yeah, when we got that email, once I got the email for the second round, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got this. It's got so this. funny, Jason, because <laughs> literally I was I was having an argument hmm. before I found out about the semifinalists, wow. like, notification. So like a, I was in, like, a, I was like, 
oh my god like just so annoyed and then I just sat down I just like left that space where the argument was going on I sat down in front of my computer and I went like ah! I was like I said yeah. I'm a finalist yeah. I said you know that right there is what yeah. was supposed to happen yeah. that's <laughs> the universe, you know, that's um, that's very yeah. Like when I got the email, I was super elated. I was very excited, but yeah, felt ready. Felt ready. Like I was ready to step into it, and yeah, like I, I feel like once it was official, I was all excited. I was ready, and then of course the fear comes, and it's like, oh damn, like who else is in it? Like what are these people? That was like, the big I know, question, I know right? These people are gonna be. Like, I was really fun. trying to imagine y'all so hard. Yeah, so I was like, hard. I wonder who these people are gonna be. It was crazy. The, antici- the anticipation was was crazy, but um, yeah, no, I I listen. I'm I, I was a little fearful just because like stepping into something new as you were like we don't know what we were gonna experience or whatever. But it just felt right. So that it was it was one of the first times in um in my artistic experience. So like I was. Stepping with confidence and feeling like, okay, I'm just going to let let it go where it goes. And I'm just going to fully embrace where we're at and be immersed in the thing. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's it's been, like, a blessing. Like I, like you're saying, like, it's, like, it's a validation. I did feel that. And it felt good. Because, yeah. like, I'm sure, you know, you're you're similar to me. You know, you, you, you've been going at this for a while. So, it's, mm-hmm. like, you feel that internally. Um but you want to, you want to, you want to get it at some point from valid, pe- valid people that like, you know, that that we want to work with, and getting that, like, it really did give me a boost of confidence to like make me feel like, okay, like, there's no more when, there's no more if, this, we here, like, right. it's it's time to like, that's it, like, th- this is the level we're at, so right. like, it, it just, st- it, it helped me a lot with my confidence. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes you need that confidence boost. Like, there are certain moments where it's just like... And it's cool and interesting to me, actually, that we had a similar experience of confidence going into it. Like, I feel like I might get this. Or I feel like I'm going to get this. And that's just so... I love when that happens. Yeah. That's just so intuitive to me. Like, you can kind of... There's something about it where you can have the feeling that this is a space that's going to really change my life in a certain way that's really going to contribute to my growth. And wow, just like the the cohort, the alarm, everybody yeah. like like you're saying it was I feel like it, everyone needed this at this point in time just as much as they needed us cuz they reciprocated that energy. They're like, mm-hmm. yo, you guys are great. This yeah. group is Oh, and that's what yeah. That put a shiver down my spine. I was like, you uh, were thinking yeah. the same thing that we yeah. were thinking yeah, no, about this? Yeah. It was, it, it feels special. Yeah. You know? They made us feel so special. And it wasn't on some type of like weird and genuine mm-hmm. thing. No. And you can tell, like you can tell when people are, are just like, yeah. you guys are so special and we, we are so excited about you in a way that feels like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you just, no, like they were saying it with passion. And like, they were yeah. just so like forthcoming about yeah. the process, about yeah. how we were chosen. Which I love. I loved that. They were so open and, and really told us like 
went through it all, really, and like told us specifically why. It was... Me finding out how I got into the program was <laughs> <Yeah>. shocking. <laughs> I said that was shock, and that yeah. that made me like I was just like that just further confirms that I was meant to be here because like I'm like I was like I know my spirit was really pushing for that because the fact that. I'm like, Bezal was just like, no, I was like, no. <laughs> it was just like, I, I saw a different self-tape and I was just about Somebody to like else. knock it because yeah. I thought that was, you know, the names and the yeah. and the audition materials got mixed up, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so he thought somebody was me who wasn't me. <laughs> and I almost didn't didn't make it <laughs> because they saw you when And then they saw my my actual tape and he was like, Oh yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay, good. I love that. Thank you for agreeing to answer this little bonus question. But I just thought about it, and I've just been really excited to talk about that in relation to fear. So for my next question, I was wondering, so I like to, you know, a lot of this is built around, like, poetry and my writing and kind of, like, the themes in my life that I'm experiencing and investigating right now. And one of the things is just my responsibility as an artist. And I was really influenced by Maya Angelou who talked a lot about her responsibility as a writer. And I was wondering, what do you feel like your responsibility as an artist is, your personal responsibility as an artist, and has fear ever inhibited you from reaching that responsibility, from living from living up to that responsibility? Mm. Damn, that's a good question right there. Um, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say my uh, responsibility as an artist or personally what I feel is to show um, that you can come from non-traditional training backgrounds, you can come from the corporate world or whatever the case is from sports, from from anything. And, and really, if you have a passion for something... And if you really have an intuitive feel for it, like, I want to show people that, like, that thing, like, ten times out of ten, usually is right. Mm -hmm. So it's like I always felt a certain type of way of pursuing the arts and, like, had no connections at all, no knowledge to how to move forward in the industry at all. And, like, I just want to show people that it's it's more accessible. It's more, like, more of, like... um, it, it, like if you dedicate yourself to the craft and you mm-hmm. dedicate yourself to learn the industry, you can make anything happen as long as you're willing to go through the time and going through the the, the times where you're not so great and and get over being embarrassed. I, I want to try and lead by example and show people that you can come from any type of background, any type of. I come from Massachusetts, small inner city. Like now, there's actually a couple people that are coming from my city that are doing great, mm-hmm. but um. Growing up, you know, we didn't have a lot of examples and not a lot of Dominican, black Dominican actors at all growing up, or at least that I knew of. So mm-hmm. I want to really show people like, yo, you can believe in yourself. You can come from whatever background and and really like make your dreams come true. So I feel like my responsibility as an artist is to show people that if you aspire to be something and if you're inspired, just go for it and you can make it happen. Yeah. I would say that, but also... The craft as well. Like, I, I feel like the craft is so important, and I want to show people that aspect of it. Because before I felt this way and really, like, got to a point where I felt comfortable as an artist and as an actor, um, 
you know, when, when you're coming up and, and you don't really know, you just think like, oh, like I have a, a natural charisma, I can learn the lines, I can say them well. Like, oh, you think that's acting. Mm-hmm. But as you get into it, that that's not acting. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I had no idea that they were doing all of that yeah, when, you know, when I was just watching know? TV as yeah, a kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, genuinely, like there, this is a craft. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you really got to put in the hours in class and workshops doing theater i recommend every actor to do theater if you haven't or if you're looking to start start that way because because you really get a whole sense of of what we do and and really it's it's the perfect way to to practice because it's a it's action and there's no cutting it's going you got to improv some falls or whatever you got to really be in it together and Mm -hmm. um yeah just just the craft being getting coached and, and and being in class took me to another level um faster than i could think or expect but it's all it takes is putting in the hours and, and the, the hard work you know yeah i really think that you were the perfect guest for me to talk about this specific subject for and i was just thinking about like, and i have fear i complete i'm so sorry for interrupting you the fear okay yeah go tell so us about the fear. Fear, fear 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 no fear. go ahead tell us I, i'm sorry <laughs> please hold that thought um, no 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 yeah I, this is what it's about I'm it's like you yeah, interrupt yeah, yeah. i interrupt we interrupt <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from this fear fear yes um yeah th- there's been plenty of times where fear has interrupted my my me uh, being an artist like mm-hmm. there's days where life's a little bit heavier um whatever you're just dealing with problems you're tired or whatever's going on um or or you're just intimidated by the situation mm-hmm. or or you know you maybe have had a bad experience with someone and so i i would say fear has held me back in a lot of yeah like i i would say even from the jump getting into it i, mm-hmm. I would say that i i really got into acting um i could have gotten into it earlier if I wasn't so scared and I held off and waited and waited and got my degree in something and worked in the corporate world knowing that it that was not what I wanted to do and I was just scared to admit what I actually wanted to do and go for because it's a scary thing yeah. what we do is not it's not guaranteed mm-hmm. but neither is success in the corporate world and it's it's not a traditional route but mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I would say a lot of years of my life, I was holding myself back in many different ways just from fear. But, like, you, you got to just move with fear and know that, like, on the other side of fear is usually, like, the thing that you're hoping for, that, you, that, that feeling that you want to feel, the the winds, the, the, the fun, the connection, it's on the other side of fear. So, mm-hmm. like, you got to just live with it and go through knowing that the fear is a good thing. Right. Sometimes oh, I'm glad you said that because basically that's kind of what I was about to get into about. I'm glad that, you know, that I chose you as the guest for this particular episode because I feel like you're a great person to explain how fear is useful. Mm. Like fear is useful for a lot of things, a lot of experiences we're going into, a lot of desires and hopes and dreams that we have and and on the way there we're going to encounter fear and it doesn't always have to be an obstacle it can be something like you pick up along the way and you work through it and and then you still make it to where you want to be so I think that's pretty cool and and I'm just like this is going so well (laughs) (laughs) I just love this you're crushing it it. I mean please um, and so I can further um, stroke your ego, 
you have, I'm like, you really, you really are so inspiring as someone who has accomplished a lot as an actor with like an untraditional route, even for actors, like acting is untraditional for in certain people's eyes, but it's risky. Like we were, like you were just talking about, but the route, some people like see a route that they can take like oh I'm gonna go to drama school I'm gonna go to grad school um I'm gonna get me an agent a manager and I'm gonna do this but that's not necessarily the path that you took and you're uh, you're appearing in an Oscar-worthy film that you can now say because the strike is over like God willing God willing but this is this is like really really cool and this is something like when I was working in casting this is something that I was really stressing to actors who were coming in to be seen for for roles yeah. I was just like you don't have to have gone to Yale or Juilliard to be to, to get you know it helps that helps that of course helps. of course but. because you know the technicality of it, yeah. and like what you can bring the, in the room, and the the, the professional, the professionalism. The of course it helps. Course. It's just not mandatory. Mm, not and I was just trying to for people who you know were not able to have that experience. It was the kind of thing that was just really helpful to just like let them know like it's not the only way. Yeah. And it's literally not. Um, it's not the thing that's going to like set your path. Even if you did go, it's not, it's a, not guarantee. a guarantee, right? It's not a guarantee. It really, really helps, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah. So that's something that I would just like bring up to, to people a lot who were just like, you know, felt like, cause when you feel like you have a less chance of like getting a role, like you break down your confidence a little bit. And I was in the business of building people's confidence up so they can go in the room and just kill it and do the work that they came to do. And so, Mm, this is leading into my next question, which is about your accomplishments as an actor so far that you've really managed to do without representation, right? Without, if I'm um, if I'm understanding that correctly, <laughs> without um, agents, without an agent or a manager. Yeah. And I was just wondering, like, what kind of fears or obstacles have you ran into, like navigating this industry and fighting for yourself so hard with with not really having a team behind you, but also being able to experience the success that you have experienced so far. Damn, yeah, thank you. Um, humbly, like, I don't even, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, God is good, or, you know, everything is dope. But, like, even, like, seeing that um, that's a success or whatever, like, that's all relative to, to what you, you know, find success. Like, exactly. It's dope. It's, 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 a, it's a dream come true, but, like, I'm still grinding. I still got it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, nothing's changed for me. You know. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I like you're saying, it, it's not, it's not easy mm -hmm. not having a team and 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 being in the position now where I'm at. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm finally in a place now where I feel like okay, I feel like it, it could be a good time to start getting these things. And like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm now in communication with a couple folks like some really good managers and, and some agents and, and you know hopefully they they may be a fruitful relationship maybe not but i'm making connections but fears <clears throat> i would say i'll start off with the fear and then i'll tell you what i or like what my thing is to help me keep going but like mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of fears there's fears that like you know how, how do we keep this momentum going how do i get to the next thing because again without management i'm I'm going off of relationships that I have with prior casting directors that I have worked with mm -hmm. and, 
And that's how I have gotten my auditions and my opportunities because off of my, my first experience with um, a professional audition, I, I booked it, it was, it was awesome. Had a great experience and really connected with the casting office and in a real way, in like a human being way where they really right. just have showed me love for years since that happened. And uh, that is great, but I I can reach out and all these things, but like I'm, I'm just waiting on ICE or submitting on Actors Access and, mm-hmm. and, do, and, and making relationships with directors directly and, and really showing up as who I am authentically and, and letting them know... You know, because a lot of us, when it comes to a certain level, like being a professional actor, like everyone's talented. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like, who are you as a human being? Yes. Ooh, you know you're getting saying? to it. Yeah. You're getting to it, Jason. You're you getting know, to it. I really, I really am who I am with y'all. Like, I'm the same way with y'all with my, as I am with my girl, with my mom, with my dad, mm-hmm. with casting directors, with direct. I, I don't, you know, everybody's yeah. a human being. And mm-hmm. a lot of people like mystify everything and like, all these people, but like, they they want you to do good. They they want you to show up and have fun and, and contribute to the thing. So like, I really lean into that. And, and mm-hmm. but yeah, there, there's there's just fears of uncertainty and just not knowing the next steps. That would be the biggest thing of like walking in faith right now. That's that's really what I'm doing mm-hmm. and, and walking on the work that I'm doing. And and I would say I I push myself with. My artistic integrity, I really do, I, like, I don't audition for everything that I'm sent out for, like, that they send me. Like, I don't. I, I want to choose specific things that I'm like, okay, how is this going to help me? The, this is the team working on this. I would love to work with these people. Let's let's go for it. Let's do mm-hmm. that. So I'm kind of going off of my gut and my instinct and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do a, a ton of research. I'm always, you know, I have a whole bunch of people I look up to that have that type of integrity Mahershala Ali, Don Cheadle, Jeffrey Wright, Denzel, mm-hmm. like a lot of these people, it's like the roles that they do is for a reason. And it's, it's a mosaic, the, the, the pictures that they're painting with the characters that they're playing. And I want to do that. And, you know, every job, whether little, small, independent, big budget, whatever, it's, it should feel like it's the most important thing to you. You should treat it like, yo, this is the Super Bowl. And I treat every audition, every opportunity that I have with my maximum effort. I make sure that I am overly, overly, overly prepared. I mm-hmm. have, like, I know every beat. I know exactly what my character's thinking. I know the dynamics between the relationships. I know everything. I know, like, you, and, and I just, I take everything as serious as I do. And it really just, like, you know, it, it's also, like, you, you, you got to walk in faith. Like, a lot of these things, like, we're not in control of. I just control mm-hmm. the most that I can in my my little world of, of what I can control. That's that's really it. And I, I you know, I stay prayed up. I, I try and be the best human being I can be, and I, I try and you know show up fully as myself. And that has helped for real. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's so obvious that people can see you are who you say you are. Thank you. It's just written all over you. It's like no. 
I, I, yeah, I'm like, I don't even know what else to say about that, except for there's no way you could be fake. <laughs> that, that would be, that would probably be your biggest acting challenge today. <laughs> At least I could do it, yo. If you want me to act fake, we could. We could. <laughs> if you want me to act fake. <laughs> That's so funny. I was thinking about, like, you talking about faith. <laughs> Just so they won't get confused. <laughs> I was thinking about you talking about faith. And to me, it sounds like, and what inspires me so much, like how you inspire me so much is that balance of that faith and your confidence. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes for me, like I've been in situations where my anxiety kind of prevented me from doing certain things. And I just got so hard on myself when I let that fall to the wayside. Um, And I think that there are still like a lot of ways to be, be very just empowered in your confidence if you have anxiety like it's not like oh I have anxiety it's never gonna work it's it's like there are certain things that you can do to really really like uplift yourself I have anxiety yeah yeah I I deal with it like I'm saying all these things but like I have those moments where like I do a scene and like Mm -hmm. I I'm like what what was I just doing yes (laughs) that felt terrible but like a lot of these things, like, we don't know how it's going to come out until we see it. You kind of just got to right. be in the moment and let it go and forget because, like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. And, like, at the end of the day, as long as you try, even if you don't feel good, even if you don't feel confident, just show up. That's half the battle. Right. Really. Yes. That's it half is. the battle. That's half the battle. You feel a lot better after. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that just showing up is a lot like because yeah. to me some people might be like oh that's the bare minimum you're here no mm-hmm. it's not <laughs> it takes a lot it takes a lot and it takes a lot to like walk into the space with other people who might have been doing it longer than yeah. you who might quote unquote know more about it than you or have more experience with certain people that you don't have yet mm-hmm. and i'm just like that's a lot to just like immerse yourself in all of that like all these factors that are going on around you and you're here and you showed up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really like that. And I really um, like something that you said, not on this podcast, but you were talking to me and I guess some of the Hillman Grab heaps about your experience on the set of this movie that's <laughs> coming out. And you were talking about I don't know. Can I talk about of something? That you, okay. Whatever, whatever, so, yeah. so you were kind of telling us a little bit about working with Jeffrey Wright oh, yeah, yeah. and kind of like how you guys were rehearsing. And and I just really loved how you like you didn't you weren't talking about yourself in a certain way, but I just love how I could get a sense of the confidence that you had as an actor just like when you just explain how you are just like so prepared like you're over over. I said I can tell because when you were telling us that story it made me think of when you told us that story about rehearsing with him like when you're that prepared like you have it's like the confidence just come like there's no like trying to like put that on like it's just it's just with you because it's like oh I'm prepared and I can talk about this and I can discuss this and I can say um, this is what I'm getting from this and like can we take a look at this or you know like examine something a certain way and not be not be um, tempted to withheld withholds any of that type of information you know yeah, and I'm yeah. just like 
just like, yeah, it just reminded me of that. And I was just like, that that has a lot to do with being ready yeah. and showing up. Yeah, and, and to, to go into that a little bit, like, mm-hmm. that talking about anxiety that day was, that was probably the most anxious I've been going being on a set. Like, Sterling K. Brown, Jeffrey <laughs> Wright, you know, Erica Alexander. Right. Oh. Legend. And, Legend. Uh, Court Jefferson, him himself. Like, I was a fan of the... I literally was a fan of him before I even, like, got the opportunity to audition. Like, Emmy Award-winning writer, he wrote The Watchmen. Like, mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of that show. He won an Emmy. Like, Beast wrote for Master of None. Like, one of my favorite shows yeah. of all time. Oh, Like, you yeah. know, so it, it was, like, it was very intense. Like, I showed up. It was towards the end of the day. They, you know, they've been shooting for weeks now. I'm, I'm there for a couple scenes, so I'm working one day. Mm-hmm. I was, like, after I got my makeup done and all that, I was waiting you know just chilling kind of like waiting while they were filming other other scenes knowing that mine was coming up and i had a moment where like i was really like wow like what what am i doing here like what what is going on like Mm -hmm. am i ready for this am i ready like knowing that i'm ready but like you know and and you know I, i had to literally call my my fiance and like talk to her she had to really bring me back down to earth and like like, Jason, you're there for a reason. They right. hired you. You're there. You don't got to worry about nothing. Go do what you do. And that really kind of like, okay, that's that, you got to remind Amen. yourself. Yeah, when, <laughs> when you're on a set, it's not out of chance. Out of luck. It's because they hired you to do what you do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. And once I kind of clocked that in, um, you know, we, we got on to set. And, yeah, like our scene... Had a co- co- like an interaction, something goes down, and then I say a line, whatever, and we were rehearsing, and yeah, like I, but also the set was welcoming enough that I felt that I could speak on something. Mm, something felt like it could have yeah. been more organic, so I said it, mm-hmm. and Jeffrey agreed, and Cord's like, all right, let's do it, and we did that, and it was beautiful, and it worked. They were happy, I'm happy. Now we're all closer. I feel like I'm contributing. Rest of the day is, 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 you know, you feel a little bit lighter. You feel more. And those, those guys are legends. They, they're, like, the nicest, like, grounded, down-to-earth people. Like, like literally, we're like, yo. Like, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was an amazing experience. And that's also, like, that, that, those are the type of people that you want to, like, you want to you wanna aspire to be like that when you're on a set. Because it's, it's all, a, we're, we're here to do the thing. We're here to have fun. Right. Like, this is serious stuff, and there's a lot of money and time on the line, but... We're here to make art. It's fun. This yeah. is all our passion. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That is very much the truth. Like, yeah. and I and what you said about the environment being, you knew that you could be comfortable enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of reminds me of what we t- talked about in Hillman Grad a lot. Of like knowing the politics of the set, it yeah. lends itself to being really prepared mm-hmm. as well, and. And you can set yourself up for success in that aspect of just being able to, like, be in the space yeah. because you know what the space is. I'm like, okay, this is how I can relax into it and relax into the space. So, very cool, Jason. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> okay, now I want to shift the conversation a little bit for my last question. I want to shift the conversation a little bit to identity, mm. which you mentioned a little bit earlier when you talk when you were talking about examples of black Dominican actors on screen or lack thereof when you were growing up. And I just want to know, did 
the different perceptions and nuances of Dominican and Black culture in your community ever affect how you speak out as an artist representing multiple identities? And if there's a time from your upbringing that has stayed with you through the years where you had to confront identity in conjunction with your artistry, can you share that with us? Mm, yeah, damn, that's, that's deep, that's a good one. Um, yeah, uh, I, would, I would just, yeah, I, I would say it's, it's, a, it's a heavy nuance packed in, like you're saying, and, and it, it, all, it's, 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 it affects everything because it's my identity. It's, I show up as a black man, I show up as a Hispanic man. I'm, I'm both, I'm <laughs> Latino, I'm black. And not everybody looks, and not everybody is that, but within communities, you know, we have different, different, um, how do you say it, different shades, different hues. Um, so people identify with what they want to identify or what bucket is more convenient for them or, or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I feel like uh, growing up, I was very proud of, of being a, a black man. Like my, my dad, you know, he always gave me that confidence as a young man, like, yo, we, you are black, that, that's a beautiful thing, and you are Latino, and that's a beautiful thing, and, you know, things, things are hard, and you're, you're, you know, for us in a lot of ways, and, you know, you're gonna go through some stuff, and, and be the bigger person, and, and my parents are very, um, how do I say it, like, traditional, like, you know, like, don't, don't say, just, Take the high road, take the high road. So a lot yeah. of my life, I have taken the high road. Um, but as I've grown into to my own, you know, becoming a man of, of my own, uh, a lot of times, like I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't play with with that type of stuff, and I don't like condoning any type of like. In, in Dominican culture, is very, you know, we got a lot of in Hispanic culture, Hispanic culture in general. There's a lot of anti-blackness and and not a lot of people don't want to claim their their roots and and their African roots and, and a lot of stuff like that and it, it goes back. There's a, a big history. Right, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another one. But um, yeah, I would say me directly. I, I have been affected in, in ways like whether it was going through stuff in school growing up, um, like being profiled for stuff, like you know, like actually getting in, in trouble for, they they tried making up that um, me and a couple of my buddies who are also black Dominicans and, and some, some of my black buddies as well who are from Africa, like Kenyan and, and Nigerian, they said that they, they gathered us up and it was in a predominantly white school at the time. And, and they said we were mugging people, we were, what? Yeah, they said we were, we were uh, in, in, a, in a gang it was it was a lot. It was, it was a big deal, and uh, you know my parents got Wild. upset, but yeah, yeah. But they understood. Like they're like, listen, we're not. We know you didn't do nothing. Don't worry about it. Let's let's keep this moment pushing. We're, we're bigger than this, and that always stuck with me. And mm -hmm. and I, I I didn't like that. I didn't like that feeling. And like yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was a lot at that time when I was younger. But um, and as a grown man. You know, we still deal with these type of things, and especially um, in the Latin side of the industry. It's, it's weird. Like things are are getting better. You know, there's a lot of there's more Afro Latinos, and you know, Gerald Jerome, uh, a mm -hmm. couple other actors uh, that that are doing their thing. But yeah, there, there was there was a Hispanic uh, casting director that told me, um, 
you you're not black enough to be black and you're not Hispanic enough to be Hispanic. I don't, I don't know what you are. I don't know what we would do with you. I don't Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was it was I, I was like, oh She said what? Yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. But I, I kept the push, I kept the player and uh mm-hmm. we're doing what we're doing. And, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't stand for none of that stuff. But uh it has it has affected me in a, in a lot of ways. But but mm-hmm. I wanna move with with grace and with love, and I'm, I'm trying to show people that, you know, uh, I'm, we, we got to represent. We, we got to represent for our people. You got to yeah. embrace who you are. Don't be afraid of that just because someone trying to put you in a box or something. Like, no, 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 no. You be who you are, and, and you embrace both of your identities, because I, I know a couple people who have trouble with that, you know, and like, mm-hmm. it's not cool. It's not cool. You, you got to know who you are, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. What do you mean you've been listening this whole time and you haven't subscribed yet? I don't see what the holdup is. The button is right there. And while you're at it, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You obviously like the show. Listen, uh, I got a couple questions for you. Can I ask you a couple? Oh, okay. (laughs) I love it. first one I would like to ask you is so growing up in Atlanta uh, like what what types of fears or obstacles did you face in regards to your identity as an artist in comparison to your non-artistic peers I want to kind of see that and also if you did uh, get any pushback on how you express yourself growing up because I know you were in an artistic high school so I actually yeah, I can answer. I still have an answer. You said, "Wait a second. Yeah, did you get any pushback?" Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, That's so funny. I, I want to know how you overcame that, and, and when, at what age, did you like muster up the courage to fully express that you really wanted to be? This is what you wanted to do with your life. Yeah, that's so funny. You were just like, wait, you come from an artistic family. You went to an artistic school. Did anybody ever judge what you were doing? No, I was just kidding. But... That's literally what I was thinking. Right? Your face was what got me. Your face was just like it came to you in that moment. You were just like, well, damn. It seemed like people must have been really supportive of this. Right? That's so funny. But I think it's, I do have an answer for that specifically because the state of Georgia, or at least like for the the schools that were in my area that I was in, because Georgia's huge, but but I was living near Atlanta and like in the suburbs, around the suburbs of Atlanta. And that area has some really like high caliber academic schools, like the... The county is like, oh, we have the number three school in the state, which is a huge state. So it's like yeah. have, being number three in like academics, I'm like, that is huge. Yeah. And so I was around a lot of people who were even like in arts and like going to an arts high school. A lot of people 
were, you know, kind of, like, fostering the fact that they wanted to, like, have a release and, like, have something to, um, just, like, some type of artistic expression. But we had a lot of people who were, like, really academic zoned, like, tunnel vision. Like, only on that, on the books. And- yeah, like, really, really, really smart. I, like, I was around people who were just, like, they felt like they were eons ahead of me at the time, even though... I came to realize, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty smart. Yeah, okay. you're very intelligent. I was about to say that. I, I had a little something going on. <laughs> I was cooking something. Right, right. We, we, someone cooked here. Like, <laughs> but I would always note, like, my the academics, especially before I moved to D.C. and when I was in Georgia, the academics were so, the standards were high. And there were a lot of people, like, all the SAT stuff and all this stuff was like really kind of intense and and also my oldest brother went into a more academic route so I got to just like kind of witness his journey a little bit and how like what he valued from you know doing um, what he was interested in with education and, and all of that and not to say that there was any undervalue of the arts coming from any of my family but I did get to see, I did get to witness, like, what another side of it looked like. And I did feel, like, my own fear that I was kind of, like, creating in myself sometimes. Where it was just, like, I'm smart. I'm, like, really good at science. I'm really good at math. Like, shouldn't I just be doing this? And it kind of felt like a fear of, of, like, pushing that to the side. And... And sometimes it was, like, confusing. Like, it was confusing. It's confusing to be good at something, but it not be your, like, passion. And I just thought, like, I always thought problem solving was really satisfying. And when I found a way to translate that into storytelling, my whole world kind of, like, broke open. But Right. I'm just like, you can, like, have a formula. You can have an equation and it not be like math you can have some type of formula and like figure out like maybe it's a question maybe it's just like a question that you're trying to answer and like express through for me it would probably be through writing or sometimes I would like write things and then I would perform something of my own writing and it would be like that and I'm like you can have a question and like solve it through like artistic expression so that's what I started to figure out but but yeah, there was a lot of people around me who were like getting the academic scholarships. And you know what else it, that it was? Because like I was smart on paper. I was smart, but because I was also like smart on paper. Smart. <laughs> I am smart. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about just like transitioning into D.C. because I graduated high school in D.C., so DC, the yeah, academic. left out DC as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's no problem. I mostly grew up in Atlanta, so it's it's where I grew up. But for the couple of years that I was in DC before college, I was like on my scholarship grind, like just like really, really applying. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like really like if you went into my room, like my mom would come into my room and I would have like the printed out scholarship application wow. forms like on my wall, like I was trying to solve a murder, Red like gold. strings and no, but. <laughs> I'm like, because uh, I needed to see everything like out. Because back then, back then, like it was so long ago. It was like, what, seven years ago? Years ago. It was seven years ago. Oh. But I had to. <laughs> yeah, actually, right? Well, actually, I don't know, almost a decade right now. <laughs> but back then, I had to mail most of my scholarship applications off. And what I was. 
that's real. Right. Yeah, yeah. What I was encountering in the in the scholarship in that process in that process mm-hmm. where I had to like interview against other students and all of that stuff that it was kind of the fear was speaking to the people that were interviewing me about my um, love for the arts in whatever way like sometimes I didn't fully express all that I could have because I didn't I, I didn't immediately go to college for um, drama so I <laughs> I was a global liberal studies major wow. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I was a global liberal studies major wow. at NYU, and then I transferred to Tisch Drama. Huh. Which, Tisch, which ain't easy. Right, yeah. Man. So I actually started in Tisch as a sophomore after I like switched majors. But, but and that's perfect, actually. Let me stop you right there. Yeah, go ahead. My second question was, coming from Atlanta slash D.C., what was that like going to New York? Because New York is similar to D.C., but it's, it's its own thing. And especially, yeah, like, true. Tish is it's an elite program. It really is. It's prestigious. So what was, like, what was that energy like for you going over there? Like, what, what were you thinking? What were you, like, like, what was that like, that whole experience? Like, did you have to overcome anything? What were the fears? And uh, what did you learn through all of that, like, looking back now like at years after that once you settled into New York already had experienced that like what do you take from that experience yeah that's a really good question and I think it's really cool to be able to look back on it now with such a different perspective because back then I think fear really ruled for a while I had no concept of what a real acting class was going to be I did I was inspired to well I took in acting class in high school but my my thing was dance like I was wow. like a dance major in high school you weren't an acting major you were mm-hmm. not oh you didn't know that no what? no no I was dance I was wow. like I was ballet I was I was modern I was in there doing the hip-hop thing what? Like, okay. I danced almost five hours a day for three years straight <laughs> yes sometimes it was what? dangerous because Okay, so really quickly before yeah. I get, get a little bit deeper into your question. My high school in D.C., the school hours were from 8 to 5. And so, like, we had the academic. Eight five? Yes, 8 to 5. The regular working school hours. <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally working a full shift. I used to come in. I, had, I remember when I was a junior, I had uh, AP Chemistry first like eight o'clock, eight a.m. They're smart with the AP. That's that's smart. <laughs> yes, yeah. I had AP chemistry at eight. Yeah, no AP. I threw a few in there. Didn't even like. I'm just like just so you know. Yeah. But I really wanted to. Oh, should I say this? No, no. Okay, see, no, no. see. I had a crush on my chemistry teacher. <laughs> and also, like, she she really encouraged me to go to a higher level with it because mm. when I was in her regular class, like, she was like, you should have been in my honors class because we would get these tests where we had a bonus question gotcha. on all of our tests. And the bonus question would be, like, a regular question that honor students do in honors class and I would like breeze through the question bonus question every time and she called me up to her after class one day and and she was just like you you are like smoking these like hundreds across the board every test and you get the bonus question right every time I was just like 
kind of like this. I was like, I like chemistry. And she was just like, why aren't you in my honors class? And I was like, I'm already, you could only take two honors classes at the time. And I, I was already taking, already had to. yeah, I was already taking honors English and like honors math or something like that. And so she, she was just like, can I give you extra work? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to sound like, no, uh, <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, lean on me. No, like, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was, I was pretty, I'm not gonna lie. I was pretty good at school. I, I was the, the person that. You know, the teacher would kind of like hand back the grades and people would kind of look like turn back to see what I got. Or my teacher would like announce kind of what I got on the low, be like another, another 100. Or you know how they be trying to say it under their breath. And then you hear somebody in the back be like, damn, 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 I got a 75. It's like or like. Or like those times where the like a lot of people in the class kind of got around the same grade, yeah. and everybody like, okay, Jessica, what did you get? Because this is the real test. Like this is a real test. Maybe the teacher didn't do her job this time. Like if Jessica did get, if we all are getting around a seventy-two average, <laughs> and maybe Jessica got around that, maybe we can blame yeah. the teacher this time. We can take it. We can take it. That's kind of the vibe. Okay. That's kind of the vibe. Right, I was I was giving an example. I was I was giving, um, and then I, of course I ended up going to Harvard summer program the the summer before my senior year of high school. Rewind that, rewind that. <laughs> Harvard program. Yes, I didn't know that. Explain. Yes, I went to Harvard. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, shout out. And my my oldest brother went to Harvard for undergrad, so he was actually working there that summer. I went to right. Shout out Harvard family. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so so he was working there when I was taking classes there that summer, and it was just like it was cool to you know have that experience. And I took a psychology and law class, and I actually took an acting class while I was there. But just because I didn't want my second class to be too like overbearing, I wanted to have a fun summer. Mm-hmm. It was like going there was the first time I had ever ridden a plane, wow. and I wanted to like just also enjoy my yeah. summer. So I I was in an international relations class at first, and I said no. After that shop period week when we can like try different classes, yeah. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not, not. It's gonna be too overwhelming. Yeah, so I ended up taking a little acting class, but. Nothing was real, like, nothing was as real as, like, when I went to NYU in terms of, like, me feeling, like, structured and me feeling like I was actually learning a technique and something to stand on. Yeah. So, like, honestly, going back to your question that you originally asked, like, I went all the way over the place. But going back to your question, like, I had no idea what to expect when I went into NYU. Um... So I was a global liberal studies major at, at first, of course, and I was studying abroad in London as a freshman, and I had to audition for the for Tish virtually, like completely virtually, what? and like I had to submit a portfolio and like film self tapes, and that was actually my first time filming self tapes. Like I was like in the corner, and I had just seen Father Comes Home from the Wars by Susan Laurie Parks, and I was just like. There was a monologue in that. I'm going to do that one. I found another one off the internet, and I kind of killed that one. I was just like, I haven't had any formal, formal training, but I was like, the the second monologue I did, I was really confident in, so that kind of helped me, like, but it was scary. It was scary. Also, bringing it back to fear, what was scary was the interview part. Mm. 
because when we got to the interview, they were asking me questions and they were speaking in the language of acting and in the language of the entertainment industry. And I was just so unfamiliar. I was just sitting there like, ooh, in my head, I was just like, ooh, I blew it. I said, da, da, da. Like, that was. I was just sitting over there like, I remember she had asked me a question and I literally said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that means. Like, I, I was honest. You gotta be honest. Yeah, I had to be honest because, like, how was I gonna answer the question? Like, you look stupid saying something. Right, right, right. I said, I'm gonna be honest. I'm very new to, like, a structure. Like, I was in an acting class in high school or an acting class here where we did a lot of exercises or we took the text and we just like it was more like the teacher was a director mm-hmm. and not like teaching us any sort of like technique and that's what I was like remembering like we would warm up we would do exercises we would do a lot of like games and stuff and activities that would really help us like get into a character or but you know they would mention Meisner this or something like that but it wasn't like we weren't specifically focused on the structure. But when I got to Tish Drama, I was just like, okay, like, this is... First of all, I was a bit intimidated because I didn't know where anybody was coming from. I was like, I don't know where anybody's coming from with this. And it's just scary. It's scary to get up in front of people and be vulnerable. And I and I also remember, like, one day my first semester in school when... I had just been broken up with, and I came to class the next day. Like, I had just been broken up with. Right, right. I was like walking around class like this (laughs) and falling out on the floor, which felt really good. Yeah, Yeah, it felt really good though because, um, like, movement class was just so, everything was just so freeing. Like, I just felt like I wouldn't be, that's actually a pivotal moment. Like, I felt like I wouldn't be judged for just expressing and like I ended up breaking down crying near the end of class like we did this exercise in movement class which at the time that was my first class of the day we stood in a circle and um I'm trying to remember what we said to each other but we would have someone walk up to another person and like say something and then they would repeat it like and like will you take my place type of thing like this is like what I'm feeling will you take my place today and they like kind of repeated it and said, "Yes, I'll take your place." And we would switch places. They would kind of like take on like what whatever energy. Yeah, yeah. Was. And I did that and started like really crying and started like letting it loosen. And I don't know, you just like grow so close with the people in the room, and like you really get to work on something that had like a serious like. Okay, so I was at Atlantic School. I started at Atlantic, which is the practical aesthetics technique. And a lot of that is think before you act, so you can act before you think. And 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 so we did a lot of written work first. We did a lot of we did a lot of analysis. We did like what is this scene? What's the literal of this scene? What's the action? What's the want? You know, or what's the want? What's the action? What's the as if? And so yeah, I just like fell in love with the balance, I guess, between like the the written work and just feeling like I was exercising my intelligence too in that way yes. and then getting out there and putting it through my body through practice yeah so there the right there was a lot to overcome there was a lot to overcome especially in my primary training because I was trying to find that confidence in myself yeah. 
I had to get over the fact that I didn't have the same background as other people that other people might have had. Like I really had to like snap out of that. I was falling into that admittedly a lot at first. Like then I was just realizing that they like they told me to that I could be here. Like I need to be here and do it and just like be in the moment with everybody and oh my goodness. I'm like I could talk about acting school all day, but one more quick thing that I'll mention. Um is we have a, a final project that we do in our primary training called Through Line, where we kind of have to direct like 20 minutes of a play, and you'll be in somebody else's play. You'll direct it, you'll direct yours, and you'll be acting in yours, and you'll have a partner. You can also cast other people in the little parts, but for the one that I did that I was not, it wasn't mine, but I was the partner for that at, one. We're at performing it. Yeah, I was performing as that person's partner. Yeah it was fences so I had to be Rose and for that experience like that's a, I wanted to mention this one because of the fear I was like afraid of being like all the comparisons that were going to be inevitably made I was like afraid of like just like expectations of like having to like reach a certain emotional depth that yeah I'm like that's a lot that's a lot and like also like having just that 20 minute allotment to really like dive into a piece like that. I'm like, ooh, that's, I felt like that was the biggest challenge of my life up to that point when, when I was experiencing that and rehearsing for that. I was just like, like, wow. Like when I. How long was that process of rehearsing for it? That was, a, it was a few months. We did a few different rounds. Like the first, the structure was we did uh, like a scene just like one of the scenes of the and presented scenes it. Yeah, 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 we presented one of the scenes to, to the class. Flavor yeah, and then the next presentation we did was like, you know, kind of like a rough draft of the whole 20 minutes to see what you have so far. And you get to kind of like get really good notes from the teacher as in a director's, from a director's point of view. And then we would come back and they would see in the final Through Line Festival what we kind of came up with after that. I changed my whole thing around <laughs> so much so they liked it so much they had me open up the festival okay oh, period oh. you already know I opened up the festival with hooded or being black for dummies which was such a fun and fun thing to do right there listen that is incredible yeah That's fences like I, was I didn't know your story was like I did not know that you were a dancer I didn't know I thought you were an actor like through and through like from the beginning so like the fact that you wow. jumped in to M like all that stuff that you Oh asked. yeah, I think you weren't there like, at that time at Hillman when or that little meeting we had yeah, when I was talking about this. I wasn't there because yeah. that, that's an impressive like feat to get into NYU's undergrad. Tish, like Tish is it's creme de la creme and you you showed out. You know what I mean? Like you you you, you made a stamp, so salute Thank to you, y'all. That's thank you but yeah that it was so it was a lot of like overcoming fear and just saying that I have to I have to do it fences was like that like I was just like I have to get through this and I have to like really curate my preparation in a way that is going to work for me where I can get to the place that I need to be and it ended up being so I ended up being so connected that that just like feeling of in the zone where like everybody else in the room disappears that's what it felt like performing it like wow. and I got to perform it with a really good friend of mine so it was just like and also Dante was had, was one of the 
people in the cast. Dante actually played my son. <laughs> right, and in Hooded, yes, I had, I casted Dante in Hooded, and it, the whole experience was just great, but... But yeah, a lot of fear to overcome, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Of course, NYU has some pitfalls here and there, and honestly, we can talk more about that outside of the podcast, but but, but yeah, like, that, pushing yourself is just so worth the it effort. It is, because look at how you feel after, it's like you, you win the championship, after mm-hmm. that you feel like, okay, now this is the new normal, I can, this is, it's not a peak, this is now my mid-level. Like, yeah. this is where we at and like that's that's sick that's right sick. leveling up leveling up <laughs> was that the third question or the second we question the third oh okay uh, I said I'm trying to do <laughs> third right here <laughs> being such a talented multi-hyphenate artist <laughs> um do you have any fears um that ever hold you back from doing the thing that you feel that you should be doing and as an artist with so many avenues of expression, is there one practice specifically um, out of the many that you do that you, you have more fear in for some reason? Mm. And why that one? And, and like, what do you do proactively to try and uh, overcome that fear? And yeah, just speak on that if you can. I love, 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 love this question. So this is the primary reason why I started to push myself to change my perspective about just like taking what people say like taking people who you admire you know take what they say with a grain of salt just because you admire them doesn't mean you're gonna agree with every single thing that they say and somebody recently said something somebody that I really admire like recently said something that I was just like oh I don't know like I was just like (laughs) I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I like, like the advice. Like, I was just like, I don't know if I would say that. Just because it was related to being a multi-hyphenate. And it was kind of just like that talk of, you know, um, a jack of all trades is a master of none type of talk. But just like, or that talk that's like, usually people who say that they're this and then they're that, they're usually actually really just this and they kind of do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with that. I just had to like come to terms with the fact that I don't agree with that. Yeah. I don't agree that that's even usually the case, you know? Of course it's the case sometimes, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. even agree that... So it's case-by-case case basis. Right, right. I, it's re- I feel like it's really, really a case-by-case case basis yeah. because I'm like, a lot of people are brilliant here and brilliant here. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, I'm not even going to hold you. That's what I was starting to feel about myself. I was like, that's what I was starting to feel about myself. When I'm writing, like, literally, I was, like, taking a walk last night. Um, I went to my friend's birthday party last night. And on the way home, I was, like, speaking and talking and, like, kind of, like, talking about my writing to myself and, like, talking about my poetry to myself. And I felt that side of me that is just, like, really, really in tune with the artistry of like writing and like creating and and just words like expression through words and I felt that that feeling that you get when you know you have it like when you know you have something really special about what you can do yeah and the same the same exact feeling right right this I was just about to say the same exact feeling that I've had about my acting like in the past couple years like I'm just I don't know. It, it's so interesting being a multi-hyphenate, and and it's really about now. It's really about 
feeling out where my priority is at whatever time because you can't do everything at once that doesn't mean that you're not that you're better at one thing and another thing you're just kind of mid-level yeah. mediocre at or chaotic neutral <laughs> at. chaotic neutral right <laughs> yeah somebody said that to me the other day and I was like I forgot about that yeah. term I like that yeah. but but yeah I'm just like um so which one brings more fear or, or trepidation I would say not yeah I was thinking you're, about you're that you're at a moment obviously where you're living in what you do but would you say it's more of a struggle for you to tap into the the, the writing side of things or or the acting like and you know like like how how is it that you do constantly overcome it because you're really good at both and you do both so I think sometimes that it might be the acting that feels a little bit mm. more like which is surprising for me I, to say out loud like surprising to say out loud because. Cool. I feel like with writing, it just it's just something I've always done. Yeah. It feels like it comes so natural to me. And with acting, I have to be so intentional about it, okay. especially in the beginning. Mm. And whenever you have to be like really intentional about something and a and a process of something, it's just like okay, um, I've got to make sure I did this right. Like, did I do this right? Like, how do I play with this and um, all of that sort of stuff before you can drop everything and just be. And, and I think sometimes I just have a little nervousness and a little bit of fear about did I do this right? Did I prepare this right? Even though you can prepare things and, and present a character in so many different yeah, ways yeah, yeah, yeah. and it still so really works. Choices, it can be any, many iterations. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm just like, does this feel good to me? Does this feel good enough to me? And am I confident in how... I put this together. So that's kind of a thing wow. <laughs> for me. Wow, that's but that's why, like what you said earlier, I really appreciated that you said um, your experience about being really like over-prepared because I think over-prepared is just being the right type of prepared based off of like how we describe it. And of course you have to go in with writing. You have to go in and you have to be intentional about it too. I'm not saying that. You just write and you're good to go. Yeah, that's not that's not what I mean. But I've gotten the chance to go, like, go back and take a look over it, and just and it feels different. Like with with acting, there's so many other like factors around you that you're thinking about more readily too. When you're writing, it's really about you. Like it's really about you for a while there, and you just get to like put whatever you want, create your own world. And acting, like, especially when you're stepping into somebody else's world, you know that other people are going to be doing it, too, probably for the same role. It's just, like, a lot of things in my head that can cause a little bit of that fear to come out. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I don't show up and show out like like I should and like I am proud of. But it's just, like, a diff- it's different than writing. And it's, like, yeah, it's something that I really... That's why, honestly, when I was in high school, I was just, like, I need to... I need to train, like I need to be, I, I want to, I know how to dance now, I know, how, and then when I was at NYU too, at a certain point, I started taking the private voice lessons, because I was like, now I, I think I need to learn how to use my voice, like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to do that, but, but yeah, it's just like something about like nurturing that craft, I'm just like, that's, that's just what you got to do to kind of dispel the fear a little bit. And like, like you said, and like Bezad, our teacher says sometimes like acting class is like going to the gym. Like you're in there and you're, you're working those muscles and, 
and that also helps a lot as much as you're improving you're also like putting it into practice like my mom used to always say practice makes permanent mm-hmm. you're always like going in there and you're mm-hmm. and you're it's a part of you like you can't erase it if you're always exercising those muscles and I think that that helps with the fear but yeah I think acting is just like very intimidating a lot of the times and it's nothing to shy away from and it's nothing to be like oh I can't do it but it's just the fact of the matter for me and I, yeah. I I get through it but yeah. yeah I think it would be acting <laughs> wow, that's like actually like pretty pretty revealing because like as as one of your peers like when it comes to your like obviously we all have our own processes all that mm-hmm. but you're you're like really sharp when, when you show up and you do you show up so and and Thank you. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like I'm learning a lot about you. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I've been learning a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's because I don't know. Yeah, it is. Is is I don't know. It's just cool to hear where you approach acting from, or like where you came from, and like it was something that you identified early on. Like the writing came more natural to you. The acting was something that was there, but you wanted to further the, the craftsmanship. And mm-hmm. you're right. Overcoming the fear is just working on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's, that's cool, yeah, yo. It's so true. And with writing, too. I, I had that thing with writing. I decided to, to take a playwriting class in college. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is anything that I feel intuitively. I'm just like, okay, now I have to see how other people got to where they went other or like process, yeah right? other people's process because you get influenced and like I mentioned earlier you get to curate your own thing and you get to like pick and choose something that inspired you from different places and it all comes together and I really loved taking that playwriting class even though I don't really consider myself as like a playwright I've written I've, I've taken a shot at writing plays and directed my own one act play before but I really was attracted to episodics and writing scripts for television and and doing that world and getting into that so but just being in that class and learning about the process of how to get inspired to write something that's a really big step like that's a really big step like we had an assignment that I thought was like wow I never even yeah like that's something that we actually like worked on like how do you like what are all these different things that can really like break your brain open to I feel like I've been using different variations of that metaphor this whole time but but yeah just like something that can just really like guide you down and like for me and I told my friend this last night actually for me like it's journaling and free writing but something we did specifically in that playwriting class was we were instructed to like bring physical things into class like five physical things into class that just you know, like the first thing you saw when you walked into your dorm or, or like, you know, something that you happen to be staring at or something like really mundane. Yeah. Like could be like a toothbrush and and I don't know, like a pixie stick you found <laughs> in the back of your desk or whatever. Just like something really random. Yeah. And then we had to just like write something that included all five of these things and just like, you know, yeah. just like go down the the rabbit hole. And we had like, you know, 10 minute timer and just like just started writing and I just love fun cute little exercises like that and and like just getting inspired to to write more or getting inspired to like tell a story even if it's just something that makes no sense and something that just came up like it's not it's not based off of anything in my personal life 
necessarily, but but yeah, it's it's fun, and I was inspired to do it. It's a creative at bat. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's one. It's putting the hours in. But yeah, you're exploring the the craft of of that of that lane. It's a different thing. But wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're like this is yeah. this is something else right now. This is this is cool to hear. Yeah, I love this. I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking. We're gonna keep yeah. talking about this because. <laughs> Now I just feel so like, oh, I love getting to talk about my journey a little bit. And I love hearing about where you came from with yours. Mm-hmm. Sadly, we're coming to an end. Yeah. I know. We're going to do our final activity, <laughs> which is our old TV Big Three. Mm-hmm. And did you know anything about astrology? Do you dabble in? I had to look up. You had to look up? <laughs> just like, Jason probably had to look this up. Rising I would have explained it for you a little bit too, but I'm glad you looked at it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm prepared, overly prepared, overly prepared. Inspiration, Jason. So, <laughs> so you were asked to pick a TV show that you loved. It could be growing up. It could be something that you just really connect to, and just take the characters and tell us which character would represent your sun, moon, and rising sign. So tell us about what you picked. So <laughs> I mentioned this. Pretty, pretty shoot. Um, listen, my family, we, we used to, every night, we'd go to my parents' room and, like, we all get in the bed and at 9, 9 p.m. every night on school nights and watch the Cosby show. Listen, <laughs> screw that, man. But I grew up on that show. Um, you know, they, that was, like, really, for me, the first black family that I see, like, thriving, doing really dope stuff and, like, mm-hmm. just being normal, living lives that... You know, we also live that's like, you just feel seen. And so that, that's my show I, I grew up on. It's a staple in my family. Um, and I love the characters. So I picked a couple characters from there. Yeah. I, I would I, say. Go ahead, yeah. My my son, I would say, is Vanessa Huxtable. Okay. Yeah, that that's, you know, um, she, she's artsy. She, she's more of the rebel of the family. I would mm-hmm. say that's. That's my lane. I know? love Vanessa. That's yeah. good. I like that one. Vanessa's lit. And then my moon is Elvin. He dated... The, you know what I mean? Deep down, nah, deep down, I'm, a, I'm like a... I'm, I'm a romantic. I'm a, I'm a teddy bear. I'm really like... I, I got a soft heart. Like I, We I'm, can tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. Um, and then I would say my rising is Theo. I would say like, Aww. yeah, I, I, I'm just like you know, I try and I try and do good, but like I'm, I'm also goofy. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I try my hardest and I try and you know, lead by example and do good with my family. Like yeah, you know, that's that's what I relate to, and that that's what I feel. Like I, that's that's me right there. Yeah. Oh, I feel the Theo one so highly for you. I was just like, that's true. I can see it. I can see it. Oh, I remember that little uh, the episode where Theo comes in, decked out in that NYU gear. I love, I love that he went to NYU. That's so fresh. He, he was one of like, he was a big inspiration on like me wanting to go to college. So, oh, wow. Salute to, to Theo's character for real. Like a lot of the stuff that he was going through, like, I was oh, that's what I'm going to do when I'm that age. And when I'm older, that's going to be the vibe. That's going to be like, you know, like, it, it's, it was dope. It was, it was dope to see. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the Cosby show was a, a big one. Yeah. We all know, like, yeah. what the thing, mm-hmm. what, how, what the deal is now. No confusion around that. Uh, none. But, you know, we're not just going to erase the past because of something that we found out 
later. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we, we just, it was something that a lot of us grew up on. Right, exactly. It, just, it is what it is. was huge for people, you know. It did have such a big impact. Yeah. And honestly, I think about, I don't know, have you watched A Different World? I have, but I haven't seen every episode. I'm, I've seen most of the first season. To okay. be honest, yeah. Okay, but you got to The first, yeah, it's yeah. the spinoff show. Yeah. But the first season is... Wah, 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 compared to the rest of the show. Wow. I even told somebody who was thinking about watching it. I said, oh, so you skip the first season if you wow. want to. Because they, like, the... The dynamics behind the scenes changed going into the second season, and then mm. when Lisa Bonet Lisa Bonet left the show after the first season. Oh, so she's not in the second season. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's not in the rest of the show. She comes back for like cameos. Oh but, wow! Yeah, but yeah, that's when she got pregnant. Oh, where were you? And also, there was just some you know things go- going behind on the scenes, behind the scenes I didn't that, know that you know kind of. And she was the lead, right? Yeah, she was the lead, but originally. And I think honestly, I don't, I don't know all the details, but I think this was so that they could really like get the show to be, to be able to air. <laughs> it was gonna be framed as like a white student's experience at an HBCU, which is why Marisa Tomei oh, was course. kind of in yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. But then, yeah. like you know, the that's people, a dub. yeah. So that's kind of like a little bit of what was hinted at in the first season. And then, you know, the character dynamics changed. Lisa left, um, Marissa left, and and the show revolved around other characters. And season two onward was... I gotta... Yeah. I, gotta, I know it's, it's iconic. It's yeah. legendary. And know. it's Hillman Grass. It's Hillman. Yeah, yeah. Just a beautiful show. And I, the, the reason I thought of it also, too, is because of, like... Theo was like made a couple appearances in the show. Oh, and, like, okay, let's go. Especially, let's go. especially his appearance in the last episode of season one. Like when you know, like the show's dynamic is gonna change. I don't know. When you said Theo rising, it reminded me of that. Mm. It reminded me of that part of him being like being there for Denise in a way. As like I'm like, oh, he's a he's a little brother, but he's really like. He has it. He has it together in a way where it's just like I'm there for you to support you, and you don't have to feel a certain type of way because of our what you think our dynamic should be. Like I'm just there for you. Like no questions asked. Like what, whatever you're going through or whatever you want to do. Like I'm gonna be your support system. You know. So I was just like, that's giving Jason. <laughs> For real, like he, he was a role model, genuinely, like growing up. So, for sure. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. That was such a good episode. Yeah. I know y'all agree. They're gonna be like, ooh, we want more. We're craving more. Yeah, listen, we, we do a part two another time. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Honestly, this is making me want to do a season two. Oh. Yeah. This is giving. Okay. This is. This is very. This has been a very fun conversation. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for for bringing me to your space and and your energy, your creative world. Thank you for um, thank you for everything, y'all. Thank you for the time, for the for the chat. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It was very beautiful. I'm about to like hop skip (laughs) out of here and be like. 
Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in next week as we talk all about love. Ooh, another, another angle to all of this life stuff, love. It's going to be a beautiful conversation. You won't want to miss it. Yeah, I'll see y'all there. Bye. <laughs> 232425 is a podcast produced and hosted by Jaska. Graphic design by Jaska. Executive producer, director of photography, and editor, Dante Charles Critchlow. Music by Fidel Moore. A special thanks to Anthony and Salentia Moore, Constance Moore, and Harold Hickson for their contributions to production. And a special thanks to viewers like you who create the community of my wildest dreams. Thank you. 232425 TV.